0: Our scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from St. Paul's letter to Titus, a pastor, the third chapter beginning with verse four. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen us in our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. When I was in about fourth grade, there was a young man that I knew, a little boy that I knew, uh, his sister happened to be uh, in school with me, and he had been adopted by this very wonderful family, very nice family. And I just remember thinking, it's kind of neat to be adopted. Now, I had great biological parents and wonderful family myself, but I thought, I was very intrigued by the idea that somebody that you didn't belong to originally would take the steps and love you so much to want to bring you into their family and adopt you and make you part of their own family. And That was always very intriguing to me. When little children have been at- adopted uh, the the process that it takes to make that happen is something that really has nothing to do with them. It's, it's something that's taken care of by the parent or the parents that are involved and a lot of times there's a lot of back work if you will there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that have to take place ahead of time whether it's financially getting things ready legally taking care of different steps to make sure that someone is adopted properly sometimes there are even medical things some families even go to the extent of of adding a room on to their house and so on to, to make sure that this child and it's all stuff that the child has no idea about until it's finally shown to them when they get to come and live in that home. Sometimes, sometimes a little child is adopted as an infant and they don't even learn about it, maybe for, for a decade or more of what that was like. I remember when I was a kid, there were times when my mom would say to me, uh, now their child is adopted, but don't say anything because the child might not know yet that they've been adopted. Nowadays, it's much more common to just let the child know. I think you even have to. But back then, that was that happened once in a while where somebody didn't find out they were adopted until maybe they were even in high school at times. There's a uh, young couple that I know that, um, when they were younger anyway years ago, adopted a little girl from China. And they went over to get her and took care of all of the work to take care of having her be adopted. And as they were gonna go back on the flight to the United States, suddenly dawned on them, we're taking this little infant girl with us who's now our child, we've put our name on her, we're taking her back to a new home, but we've got a long dangerous flight ahead of us. And so they decided to have her baptized in the hotel bathroom before they got on the flight. And in a sense, that day she received a double adoption. Not only was she adopted by this earthly family who loved her and had taken care of all this ahead of time, but now she was being adopted more importantly into the family of the triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, placing God's name on her and on her heart, giving her faith in the Savior. And so that adoption, they wanted to make sure was done before this potentially long and potentially dangerous flight to make sure that she would be brought into God's family as well. I remember a number of years ago, here as chaplain at the college, I had a student that came to me and said, I don't get what the big deal is about baptism. She said, in my church, we hardly ever talk about it. I don't think I've ever heard a pastor preach about it in my whole life. She said, why is it such a big deal here at Bethany that people talk about baptism so much? And I said, well, haven't you ever been taught about it from the Bible? She said, I, I hardly ever remembered hearing about it. I said, well, the Bible in the New Testament refers to it over 30 times. And god has a lot to say about it in the bible and all the tremendous things that it brings to us and so we sat down and read through the passages together and she was kind of surprised she started to realize why it was such a significant thing to us here on this campus it's easy for me and maybe for you too to kind of dismiss our baptisms as well something that probably for most of us happen before we remember things. Maybe we've seen pictures of it or have a certificate of it. It seems like an event that, that is kind of in the distant past of our lives. And just like a little child that maybe discovers they were adopted, maybe when they're seven or eight years old, maybe doesn't really fully grasp the significance of what that meant until they're much older and much more mature. Maybe maybe children who once they get into their 20s that were adopted look back and now realize, just think what a dramatic shift this was for my life, that I suddenly was brought into this family that raised me. And um, what, a, what a wonderful thing they now are able to see it in their maturity. And the same should be true for us too in our faith. When, when we think about our our present condition that we are the the condition we were born into when we came into this world and that we were alienated from god because of our sin and the wickedness in our hearts and the unbelief in our hearts and think of of how what what kind of a future we would have had in front of us had god not taken the steps to make us his children and to put his name on us and to claim us as his own and to put faith in our hearts to trust in Christ as our Savior a lot of times families have to put out some big money there's a cost to making an adoption happen I have friends that had to go down into South America to adopt their children and it uh, it not only was costly for them but the government down there made it very difficult for this to take place so that they would stay in the country for a while one of them had to stay there for three months during the process and the children never knew about this until years later they would discover and find out the tremendous cost that it took to the family to adopt them. When you and I consider the cost of what it took for God our Heavenly Father to make you his child it was the the very death of his son having to make him feel our hell that we deserve that was the cost The catechism says it well, God has purchased you as his own, not with gold or silver, but with Jesus' holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death in order that you and I might be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Martin Luther has an interesting comment about the significance of baptism. He uses an interesting illustration that's actually in the Lutheran Confessions. I'll read it for you. He says, Suppose there was a physician, a doctor, who had such skill that people would not die, or even if they died, they would thereafter live forever. Just think how the world would snow and rain money upon him. Because of the pressing crowd of rich men, no one else could get near to him. Then he says, Now, here in baptism there is brought free to every man's door such a priceless medicine which swallows up death and saves the lives of all men it's quite a way to make us think a little bit more about the significance of our baptisms in the very early christian church you've probably learned learned or heard about challenges that there were to the person of christ uh, the uh, The bible teaches that christ has these two natures divine and human natures in one man and there were challenges to that during what's called the arian controversy a man named arius challenged whether jesus really was eternally god whether he really was god in all of his fullness from eternity and because of that the early church started to develop things in their liturgies that that made sure to defend the teaching of Christ's two natures as well as uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. And uh, they would include this in songs and liturgy and things to, to make sure that their people held on to this concept of the triune God that that puts his name on us in our baptisms. And this reading through the years became often associated with Trinity Sunday, the festival of Trinity, which really started to be celebrated around the 900s. And what's so beautiful about this text, if you look at it again, is how all three persons of the Trinity are involved in claiming you. Just like like when creation is mentioned in Genesis 1, the all three persons of the Trinity have a conference to create humanity. The same is true In this text as well all three persons of the Trinity work together Father Son and Holy Spirit to to claim you as the child of this triune God so that you can I you and I can have everlasting life in heaven I think of that little Chinese girl flying across the ocean on her way to her new home completely unaware of what's coming for her and what kind of a life she would have I always think, what, what would it be like for her now as an older child to, to actually get to see maybe like a movie of what her life could have been like had she never been adopted by this other family? Think, think for you and me. Someday when, when, when we arrive in heaven, we've never been there yet. We're on our way there because of faith in our Savior. When we finally arrive in heaven, what would it be like if God were to allow us to watch a movie a video of what your life would have been like had he not adopted you what kind of life or future you might have had how how much more if if we were able to do that we won't want to do that in heaven i understand but how much more might we cherish and appreciate what happened to us the day that god put that water on our heads and claimed our hearts as his own, dear children. Uh, Thank God for this precious gift that you and I now by faith belong to this triune God. Amen. Please join me in a prayer or collect. You will find that on page uh, 157 in the front part of the hymnory. It's way down on the bottom of the page, collect number 81. And let us rise and join together in unison. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, we poor sinners confess that in our flesh dwells no good thing, and that left to ourselves we die and perish in sin, since that which is born of flesh is flesh and cannot see the kingdom of God. But we pray that you would grant us your grace and mercy, and for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, send your holy spirit into our hearts that being regenerate we may firmly believe the forgiveness of sins according to your promise in baptism and that we may daily increase in christian love and in other good works until we at last obtain eternal salvation through the same your beloved son jesus christ our lord who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit one true God, now and forever. Amen.